The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Daf Mem Today's daf is being studied the Elul Nishmat Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied Latzlachat Toshavei Eris Israel and Lishmiratam their protection and for the Hatzlacha of Hayalei Israel. Aomdim Am Nishmar Arsenu on all the borders. Bayabasha Baviru Bayam. Yeten Hashem Kodin Gafim Alenu Kola Kamim Alenu the Gafim Nifnehem. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Yishmor Vyatzil Otanu Vyatem Ten Shalom Ba'aris Ubaris Yon Goel Amen Ve'Amen. We begin today's daf on Mem Chet Amud Rishon. Actually, one word on the bottom of Men Zayin Amud Bet Ba'e Rav Papa. We continue in the questions that the Papa asked. We started a series of questions yesterday from the Papa that the Gemara ended up in a teku. Now the Gemara continues on these questions. By the Papa, the Papa has a question. Davke lekometz bedufne demana mai. We know that after the kometz is taken, let's review. When you had a mincha, so you had, let's say, a pile of flour. So you would uh, take your hands, the three fingers, right? And you would place your hand in the uh, flower and you would cup with your three fingers, not your thumb or your pinky, the middle fingers, and you would cup up the flower. Now after you cup up the flower, you have to place it in a klisharet. Only after you place it in a klisharet, that's a vessel that would make it kolish, then you put it on the mizbeach and you sacrifice it. So the question over here was, Dabkele komets... Let's say you somehow attached the comets to the side of the keli sharet. You didn't put it on the base of the keli sharet. It hit the wall. So the question is, does it become kadosh or not? So the Gemara gives the two sides of the questions. My keli Do you say that the main thing is that it's within the confines of the keli, it's in the airspace of the keli, and it is. And therefore it's okay. Or do we say, no, it has to be placed in the keli in the normal way. In the normal way you put something in the keli is when it sits on its base. So the Gebara says to this question, Teku. Again, for the Avi to answer. Ba'e mor bar rav Morbaravashe has a question. Afhelemana, which literally means the Keli Sharet was turned upside down, was turned over. 
and the comets was attached on the uh, on the floor on the bottom of the keli demana mahu. What's the din? Hanacha betocho ba'inan ve'aika is the main thing that the mincha must be placed in the keli, and it is placed in the keli, and therefore it's okay. Or do we say that the Hanachah has got to be placed in the normal way And you don't have that And the Gemara leaves that in the Teku as well Now what is the case exactly over here? So the Some of the Mephashim explain it That you actually turn the Keli over But we're talking about a Keli That when you turn it over Has let's say a uh, Another Keli on the bottom of it That has a receptacle Something like let's say our Kiddush cups that have, let's say, a stem. So if you turn it over, it also has a keli uh, on the bottom, that's the base of it, right, when you turn it over. So they're learning now, when you turn over the keli, sharet, in such a way, and you put the comets on the uh, bottom part of it, so, so one side of the question is, well, this is because it's also hollow, that area, so you're putting it in the keli, it's a bet kibun, therefore it should be okay. Or do you argue and say, no, it's got to be put in the normal way. The normal way is not to put it on the back. You put it in the, the front. That's one uh, way to interpret the uh, case. That's the way that she explains it in Menachot Tafir Aleph. Harambam over here has a, uh, I should say, Shitamiku Betzit over here has a different interpretation. He says like this. It's actually talking where you stuck the comets to the bottom of the keli, however the keli was upside down, so you put it inside the keli, so it's really at the roof now of the keli when the keli is upside down now, he proves this theory, because if you look at the Lashon of the Gemara, it's atchelemana, you turn the keli over, comets. davkeh, you stuck it, so the word davkeh is mashma, that it needed to be stuck because it's upside down According to the way that she understood, you're not, you don't have to stick anything. You're just placing it into the receptacle when it's turned over. So thereby, and the two lines of reasonings of the Shetemical Pets, the Gemara is, do you say, well, bottom line, it's in the Keli. And, uh, and it really is in the Keli. I mean, talk Keli, and it is in the Keli proper. Or do you say, no, it's got to be placed in the normal way. The normal way, you don't place it uh, upside down. You place it when it is right side up. So the Gemara leaves that in a Teku as well. We go back to another question that Rapapa had. Regarding Yom Kippur So we said that the Kohen Gadol has to take uh, his handfuls of the Ketoret right? Torah says Melo Chofnav So the Gemara wants to know How Melo How uh, full do his hands have to be Mechukot or Gedushot Mechukot would be leveled And Gedushot would be heaping Meaning, when you take the ketoret in your hands, does it have to be level, let's say, just flat across your hands? Or does it have to be like a heaping mound of ketoret? How much? So the Gemara says, Amar leh bi abal rafashe, tashema, melo chofnav she'amru, this melo chofnav that they said by Kippur, lo mechukot velo gedushot, ela tefufot, not leveled, and not heaping, it literally means rounded. Which means, 
it's not level, but it's a little mound. So you see a little arc, let's say, over the uh, over the ketoret. So it says somewhere in between. <coughs> Comes again when on continues. Tenan hatam. We learned over there. That would be in Zevachim. The Gebra is going to give us some facts first from a Mishnah, or actually two Mishnayot in Masechet Zevachim, and then it's going to pose its question. Nishpach Hadam Alarespa. One of the services that are done in the Beit HaMikdash by the Kohanim is Kabbalat Adam. That means after the animal is Nishpat, a Kohen must catch the blood from the neck in a Kli Sharit. And that makes the blood Kodesh, and it makes it viable now for sprinkling, which is viable for Kapara. So the Gemara's question is like this. Actually, it's a Mishnah. Nishpach Adam Alarespa. They made the sha'ita, but the blood spilled on the floor. The asfar, and then the queen went and collected it from the floor into a keli. Mishnah's din, pasul. We're learning from it that it's got to go from the neck of the animal into a klisharet directly. Next Mishnah. Let's say it landed in the klisharet, but then it fell out of the klisharet to the floor, the asfar, and then you collected it up, kashir. Why? Because so long as it hit the klisharet immediately from the betashahita, from the place where you stored it, even though it fell subsequently, it's still considered kadosh. So the Gibra says, Mina how do we know this? Meaning, how do you know that you need it to go directly from the neck of the animal into a klisharet? The Tarunabana, we have a brighter. Pasuk, Venakah midam hapar. And you shall take from the blood of the par. So the Gemara has a derashaya. Midam nefesh velo midam or velo midam atamsit. First derasha is which blood is considered the blood of Kabbalat Adam. So the Gemara says it's called dam nefesh. Dam nefesh is the blood that gushes out of the body of the animal. Not the damaor, which means the blood that comes from the the flesh of the animal when you make the incision, or what's called damatamsit. Damatamsit is the um, the blood that remains. That's what literally means. But damatamsit would mean in the beginning after shaita it trickles a little and then it gushes out, and then after the gush it also trickles in the end. That's called damatamsit. So the Gemara is only a first halacha. When you take midama par, it's got to be from the blood, meaning the, the life-sustaining blood of the par. Sounds like an artery. Right, that's the main gush that comes out after the first trickle of dam tamsit. So that's the first thing. And only that blood is kashir for Kabbalat Adam. Next derash. Midama par, dam mehapar yekabelenu. Gemara is making a derash here. It says in the Pasuk, uh, so the Gemara is putting the uh, the mem of midam apar. Take the mem of midam and put it. Put the mem on the word par. So as if it's saying dam mehapar. The blood has to fall in the keli straight from the par. The isal kadatach. Midam hapar. Because if you want to learn the pasuk literally, 
and say it's midama par, which would imply from the blood of the par, meaning you don't have to catch all the blood. You can learn it literally midama par from the blood of the par, midama filumiksatda, meaning even partial blood. Kempi vamar of Yehuda, hamikabel sadik shiikabel it called the emotional par. The one that's catching the blood has to catch all dam and nefesh. Shneimar ve'et kol dam apar yishpoch el yisod mizbeach. Means when after you take the blood, catch you have to pour it on the mizbeach. So it's ve'et kol adam yishpoch. So therefore, we know when it says in the pasuk ve'lakach midam apar, it cannot mean from the blood. What is the word midam apar mean? Dam mehapar. Just switch the mem. Instead of saying midam, say dam and put the mem on the apar. So it's dam mehapar. Yekabelenu. Now the kasabar. This is a shita that holds godayin. I'm sorry, godayin umosifin v'dorshin. Well, this is a new style of derasha that we're using now. You have a mem in one word. You're taking it off that word and you're putting it on the word next to it. So the Gebarah says, yes, obviously this rabbi holds of this style of the Rashad. It's called Gura'in, meaning you subtract, Umosifin, and you add, Vidurshin, you make a Rashad. Meaning you can subtract the man from one word, put it on the word next to it, and then make your Rashad. So it's like what we would call today cut and paste. This is the Gebarah's version <laughs> of Gura'in, Umosifin, Vidurshin. And you're taking it off from one place and putting it. Somewhere else. And anyway, that's the start of the Rasha. Now, once we conclude, and this is according to everybody, once we conclude that you have to catch the blood directly from the neck of the animal, in the Klisharet, now the Papa is going to ask his question as it relates to the Ketoret. Ba'e Rapapa. Rapapa asked, Nitpazer a Ketoret mahu. Mahu. And we know the Kohen, he collects it with his hands, the Ketoret on Kippur. But let's say it fell on the floor, it was it scattered, before he poured it into the ladle. Then we say yesterday in the Mishnah that you had a kaf. Right? You had a ladle that the Kohen poured the Ketoret into, from his hands into the ladle. So now to get what I want to so before he poured it into the ladle, it fell on the floor. So the Gebarah's question is, do you consider the Kohen's hands like the neck of the animal and therefore it will be because just like from the neck of the animal it's got to go straight into a keli so if you consider his hands like the neck of the animal so it's got to go straight into a keli instead it fell on the floor and therefore it will be or maybe I consider the Kohen's hands like a klisharet Says maybe once it gets in his hands, that's the cliche, and it's called this already. Below pesula, and it's not going to be pasul. Tiku, and the other one is tiku as well, which means like this: Gemaraz is safek dafka by the ketoret, which is even by a minha. Let's go to minha for a second, which is the komets. The Gemara agrees the same law will apply by komets, meaning a guy kohen takes the komets or the minha, right? He's got to put it in the klisharet. If it fell out of his hands on the floor before he put it in klisharet, pasul. Because if we make a proper analogy, what shechita is to an animal, kimitza is in the minha. Let me explain to you how that works. What is shechita basically doing? It's removing the blood from the animal in order to use it for kapara, for zirika. 
Kemitzah is that same thing. You're taking from the flower of the minha and making it viable for kapara. So we all agree as well that by a minha, the comet's got to go from his hands into the klisharet. Our only sefik is by the ketoret. Why? One logic is to say, well, listen, the ketoret's also got to go to a keli. We learned in our Mishnah earlier that you have to put it into the kaf, that empty ladle you got to pour it into. So I can argue and say, well, the Quran's hands would be analogous to the neck of the animal, so to speak, where the blood is falling out of, and you have to spill it directly into the ladle for it to be kashir. If it's spilled on the floor, it's not going to be. That's one side. But you could argue another logic and say, no. Really, if you remember, the ladle is not mandatory on its own. The only reason why you bring a ladle is because there was no other way for him to bring the coals and the ketoret simultaneously into the Kodesh Kodashim. But hypothetically, if there would be a way to bring it in together, the ladle is not mandatory. The main thing is that he makes hafina b'shteyadav. So you could argue that his hands are really considered klisharet. That's considered the item. That's considered the klisharet already. And therefore, I don't care what happens to it after it's in his hands. Even if it falls on the floor, it got kedusha already once with his grand's hands. Which means the ladle is not like the klisharet of the animal or of the minha. There, it's got to go into that uh, klisharet in order for it to become kadosh. There was that's a no no uh, uh, argument there. If it fell on the floor before it went to klisharet. No good, it's pasul. But here, the ladle is not mandatory, so to speak, of itself. The Torah doesn't even talk about a ladle. The Torah talks about putting it in, um, putting it in his hands. But uh, because of practice, there is no way to hold it in his hands and bring a machta in the Kodesh Kodashim. So he said, okay, got to put it in the ladle. So I could argue and say, maybe his hands have a deen of klishat it immediately, and therefore if it falls on the floor, it's okay, it's Kodesh already. So that's not Papa's question. Davka about the Ketoret, and that he leaves it also in a Tiku. Now we go to the to the next question. Ba'eh Papa. Papa has the next question. Let's review the laws of Pigul. Literally, the word Pigul means disgusting. Now, how does the word Pigul affect a Korban? Or the concept of Pigul affect a Korban? Halakha says that a Kohen, when he's doing the services of the Korban, if he has a bad intention at the time of the service, that bad intention can make the Qurban Pasul. And that bad intention is called Pasul. What type of bad intention can possess the Qurban? Let's say he has intention to eat the Qurban beyond its time. Let's say it's a Qurban, you got one day to eat it. He's thinking in his mind, I'm going to eat this Qurban two days from now. Even though he ends up eating it in the right time. It doesn't matter. The thought itself of eating a Qurban Chutz Lizmano is something that's a machshavat posel, pigul. Or for that matter, Chutz Komo. If let's say a certain korban can only be eaten in the walls of Yerushalayim, and the Kohen's thinking when he's bringing the korban, well, I'm going to eat it uh, outside the walls. Even though he ends up eating it in the walls, doesn't matter. The machshavat of Chutz Komo 
has the ability to posel a korban. So now the Gemara's question is, does pigul apply by hafinat aketoret? Means, let's say the Kohen Gadol Kippur, he comes along and he's scooping up the ketoret in his palms, and he's sticking in his brain, I'm not going to put it on the coals until tomorrow. That, that's supposed to be no. you got to put it on the coals on Kippur. So is pigul, a, we know pigul is a factor by korbanot. Sheila is, is it a factor also by the ketoret? So that's the Gibraltar's question. Gibraltar says like this, Ba'ira papa, Hishev bahafinat ketoret mahu. Lashi, Hishev bahafinat ketoret almenat laktira lemahar. With intention to bring it the next day. What's the Sheila? Miyamrinan yalif melo melo mimenha. Well, Maybe I'll make a Gezerah Shavah Melo Melo from Minha. If you remember on yesterday's daf, the Gemara and the Amud Rishon entertained a possible Gezerah Shavah between Hafinat Ketoret and Kometz Minha. Because by both it says the word Melo. It says Melo Kumso and it says Melo Chofnav. Now if you do make a Gezerah Shavah Melo Melo, I'll say Ma'atam. Just like by Minha. Mehanya ba machshava. The machshava is viable, meaning it does something. Meaning pigul is an issue. Achaname mehanya ba machshava. So to hear, I'll say by ketoret that it affects. It's viable, meaning it impacts the ketoret. Oh lo, or maybe I'll tell you no. Maybe you don't make the gezerah shava. So that's what really the papa's question is over here. You make the gezerah shava. And if you do, it is subject to pigul. If you don't, you don't. The only problem is, with this, is the following. The problem is like this. On yesterday's daf, we brought a question from Nabpapa. The question of Nabpapa was, by Hafinata Ketoret, when the Ketoret, let's say, is overflowing out of his hands. We call it birutz. Uh, is it considered ketoret or is it considered shiure ketoret? How, how do you consider the birutz that, that's outside his hands? So the Gemara told the Papa, oh, what do you mean? What, what, what kind of question is that? That question is asked, was asked already. What do you mean? Above, when we talked about does ketoret, can you use a measuring cup? So we said it depends if you're going to get shavah from comets. Or not. If you learn a Gezerah Shavah, you can't use a measuring cup. If you don't learn a Gezerah Shavah, you can use a measuring cup. Which means, your question Papa, now, Birutz by Ketoret is really dependent if you're going to make a Gezerah Shavah, because by Kometz of the Mincha, Birutz is nothing. The stuff that overflows out of his hands is considered Shiure Ketoret. Shiure Mincha. So the Gemara asked on the Papa yesterday's daf that what? Papa, what are you asking? Your question is superfluous. Your question is, do you learn the Gizra Shavah or not? If you learn the Gizra Shavah, then the Birut is not an issue. If you don't learn the Gizra Shavah, then it is. So then the, the, the Papa redefined this question. Today you can ask the same question on that Papa. That Papa, you're coming along now with a new item. You want to know, is Pigul a factor? So you say that is, do you learn Melo uh, Melo, or you don't? That's a standing question we have already. I mean, this is a question we have already by the um, the Gemara above, by the case of the measuring cup. You learn the measuring cup, or you don't learn the measuring cup. 
So why would he have to ask the question again? Seemingly this question is already on the table. So that she is bothered with this. Look at that she dibura matpil ve'achaname mehenya machshava ba'afinata olo ve'acha leka la'akshuye aynu hach k'de'akshe le'il. You can't ask on this question. Aynu hach. We asked this already, like we asked above. Da'anu tarvayu ba'ye havulu bechad ta'ma, which means. The two questions that we asked above were Mida, measuring cup And the next question was Birutz Both were playing on the same word Bekumso Bekumso taught me Number one, it's got to be with his fingers And not with a cup And Bekumso also taught me That, not the extra just Bikumso, just uh, the part of the comments. So there, when the Gebara asked the question on Birutz by Ketoret, the Gebara asked Papa, we asked that already, which means you ask the Gezerashiva question. Do we go with the word Bikumso or not? The same word Bikumso by Midah is the same word Bikumso that you're going to learn for Birutz. It's the same word that if you make a Gezerashiva, both. Will apply. If you don't begin the Baldonopo, it's actually the same word that you're learning both concepts. But Rashid's going to say over here, here, when, here we don't need the word Bikumso. For this Kedusha Pigul, the word Bikumso is not an issue. And therefore, what Rapapa is asking, just because you make a Gezerah Shabbat Bikumso doesn't mean that everything else is connected between the two subjects. So Rapapa is asking that leave the other word Gezerah Shabbat. I want to know, do you compare the two subjects, melo, melo, for this item? Which means, the Bikumso item, yes, that question, right? Yes, the Bamida. Do you, do you doresh the word Bikumso and say that? Just like it says Bikumso by Minha, it should say, and therefore the Gazette would make it like it says Bechofno by Ketoret, uh, and therefore it would mandate a, uh, that you, could, uh, you can't use a Mida. Also, what about is the next question? Birutz by Ketoret. Uh, we asked that already. If you hold Melo uh, Melo, the same word, Bekumso, will teach me no Birutz, and uh, by Ketoret also, Behosno, because you make a Gizra Shabbat, and there's no Birutz. Here, we're not going on the word Bekumso anymore. Here, we just, it's Islamic, right? Melo Melo links the two subjects together, correct? So I want to know, uh, is it linked in Yan Pigul? This we never asked this question before. Which means, I did it. Papa, you asked a superfluous question when you rehashed the Bikumso word. I asked that already. I mean, that's Midah. So if you do it for Midah, you do it for Virutz. I mean, it's the same word. Here, I'm not going on that word anymore. I want to know now, Stam, Melo, Melo. There's two common words. Can I make an analogy between the two subjects and say, just like, Komet is subject to Pigul? So to get the subject to Pigul. After that, um, the Gemara goes on to ask, or to prove it, and says, Amar le, Rav Shimi bar Asher, the Rav Papa, so he answers him, he says, Tashema, Hosif Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva in, uh, in Hagiga actually, over there it's talking about, the different Humrot, the Hachamim put, on things of a Kodesh stature, for example, the ashes of, Para Aduma, the ashes of Hatat. The Gemara says over here, if a Tameh touches even part of the ashes, 
all the issues become terrible. Let's say you have the ashes in a candy. Right? So Tabul Yom comes and he touches just, you know, one of the crystals of the ashes. Doesn't matter. He touches part of it, Miksatoki, Kudo, the whole thing becomes Tameh. So Nabi Akiva says, not only ashes, but I'm going to give you other items of Kodesh, that if a Tameh touch part of them, all of them become Tameh. And what are they? Hosif Nabi Akiva. I mean, not only the ashes of the Atat, but what? Let's get that word. Hasolit, it should say. They change it to the word Solit. Hasolit. That would be the flower of a minha. Veketorit. Okay, that's the spices. Velibona. That's the frankincense, right? That they put, let's say, on the uh, on the table in the bazichim. Vegehalim. The coals. The coals of the ketorit. Shinagat vulyom bimiksatan. Pasalit kulan. Okay, you have a clear statement there. If a tevulyom touched, make a case of the coals. He touched one coal, but all the coals were in the mahta. So the hadush of Rabbi Akiva is the mahta or the keli makes everything as one. Even though they eat the individual coals, but the uh, keli makes everything as one. So the Gemara says, Kasal kadata, we're thinking, Midbasal tebulyom, Baslana melina. We have a rule. A tebulyom, can only posel things that have intrinsic Kiddushat to them. We call that Kiddushat Aguf. Now, Kiddushat Aguf can only be on something that came in contact with a Klisharet. Once it comes in contact with a Klisharet, it intrinsically becomes Kodes, the highest level of Kiddushat. It's called Kiddushat Aguf. Now, all these items are in a Klisharet. The Ketore, the, uh, the Lebona, etc. So therefore, the Gebarah is deducing now. Through a progression of, of logic. You're telling me Tibul Yom touches one of these items, the whole thing becomes Tameh. Good. Must be it's Kiddushat Aguf. Now we have a rule by things that are Kiddushat Aguf. It's also subject to the law of Lina. What does Lina mean? Lina means is if it stayed overnight, let's say, right? Once Alot Ashachar comes in the next morning, Basul, gotta get rid of it. That's the law of Lina. So the Gibbara as well, if you tell me Tibul Yom affects these items, that means it's Kiddushat Aguf. Oh, if it's Kiddushat Aguf, the Gibbara says, the Pasal Tibul Yom. One more progression. What's the thing these subjects are subject to Lina? We know anything that's subject to Lina is subject to Pigul. So therefore, we answered our question. Our question was, is the Ketoret subject to Pigul? So the Gebra says, well, I'll prove it to you. First, I'll prove it to you from... Maybe Akiva's statement. You have ketoret in the, in the shovel, let's say, or in a candy. Right? And Tibulyam touched part of the ketoret, the whole ketoret becomes Tameh. Oh, that means ketoret must have kedushat aguf. If it has kedushat aguf, it's subject to Lina. If it's subject to Lina, then we know it's subject to Pigul, which is all, all, all things that have kedushat aguf that are subject to Lina, are subject to Mahshava. So therefore, we answer the question. Rashi over here is bothered. Rashi says, hold it. What do you need this whole proof? You're starting from Tibul Yom, Telina, and then you go to Mahshava. Uh, it's a Beferush Mishnah, he says. The Mishnah Me'ilah says that Ketoret, uh, once the Keli makes it Kasher, it's subject to uh, Lina. And once already I know it's subject to Lina, I can say it's subject to. Mahshava means that she's asking, cut, cut out the first step. 
You didn't have to start with Tibul Yom affects it to get to Lina. Lina is the finish Mishnah. You understand there's three steps here? Tibul Yom. Oh, once Tibul Yom affects it, it's Kedushat Guf. Then you got to go to um, uh, Lina. Oh, once you prove that there's Lina, uh, there's Bakhshara. Step one, you don't, you, don't, you don't need. We know Lina affects Ketorit. It's Mefirush Mishnah in the second Ma'ilah. And then she leaves that in a question. Tosfot also brings down this question. The bottom Tosfot. Uh, look at Tosfot. Tivudu Matrib bin the Pasil bet Tivud Yom Pasla Balina. Look at uh, three lines on the bottom. Hikshara Shi. Yeah, the bottom Tosfot. Hikshara Shi. Amai mighty midiuka made the pasil but tebulion pasel balina. What do you have to be that diuk from tebulion? Lighty me matitin the perik bed the meida. Bring up the Ferush Mishnah meida. The ketani beedja. Ha kometz ve alebona ve ketoret. Menachat koanim menachat koen mashua menachat nesachim. These are all different types of menachot. Moalim baim. It's subject to meida. Mishuk deshu. Kedeshu bekeli hukshiru lepasel betibudyom meosal kibrim ubelina. Right there, the Mishnah clearly says once it goes to the keli, it's subject to lina. Velotidets. Rashi did not answer the question. So Tosfot says verivatidets, but the Riva answers. Da'idatam that Mishnah meida ika lememar de'ayli bektored dechol hashana. I tell you, that's not talking about the Ketoret of Kippur. That's talking about the all year round Ketoret. Tehashiva Kiddush Keli Gida Lafsuleh Betmulyom Me'usar Kibunim Bedina. When you pour the regular Ketoret of all year in its Keli, that Keli is Mekadeshet enough to be subject to all the laws of Temulyom touching it and Dina. Umedektari Kedshad Bekeli. Alma. The ketoret of all year round, it needs to be placed in a keli to become kadosh. And the rivan is making a, raya, a, a proof from the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Kidshan bekeli, implying that while it's a type of ketoret that needs to be placed in a keli. Kiddush kamunaval ketoret yom kipurim, hashiva kiddush keli dida. That Keli that you're putting it in, that's the empty ladle, that's really not a kiddush. Like we said, minadin, you don't even have to put it in that ladle. Bring it in with his hands. You have no way to do it. So, I could argue and say that the Kippur Ketoret, since it's Keli really is not mandatory, so to speak, it's more for practice. So then I could say what? Maybe it's not subject to Lina. So from that Mishnah Me'ila, you have no proof. That Mishnah Me'ila that talks about a Ketoret with Lina, that's Ketoret Shel Kodashana. We're talking about a Ketoret Shel Kippur. Ah, what do you mean? They both need a keli. You're right, but one is mandatory, therefore it's subject to because the kedushah is there. Mashegin the yom kippur, get on it. You put it in the empty ladle, but really it's only because the necessity for you to bring it in. Stay for the gemara as a safek. Maybe it's not subject to lina. That's what the gemara has to go. Start from tebulyom affects the ketorot of kippur. Oh, once you do tebulyom affects the kippur, then must be there is lina. Because you don't know that from the Mishnah in Me'ila. Uh, Once there's Lina, there must be also Mahshaba. Ba'ira Papa. Next question. Hishev 
בתחיית גחלים מהו. Now we're discussing a case where the guy, or the Kohen, had a machshava pesula, not at the time of the hafinat ketoret, which the Gemara is clearly saying will impact it. Now you had it at the time of the hatiyat gehalim. When he went to the Mizbaya with the golden uh, shovel on Tipur, right? And at the time that he's shoveling the coals to eventually burn the ketoret on it, at that point he had a kavana. I'm shoveling the coals to burn the ketoret outside its time. So we want to say like this. For sure when you have that mahashava during the service of the ketoret proper, it's going to affect it. The gehalim are only a machshirim mitzvah. It's a preparatory mitzvah for the ketoret. So the question is, does a machshava chutz lezman for ketoret? at the time of the Gechalim, affect the Ketoret. Because maybe I'll say, yeah, a can only impact an Avodah, when you have that Machshavah during the Avodah. Hatiyat Gechalim is not the Avodah of the Ketoret. So the Gemara says, Heshev B'Tchiyat Gechalim. What did you think at the time of Tchiyat Gechalim? That you're going to bring the Ketoret in the wrong time or place. Now, Machshirei Mitzvah Ki Mitzvah Adamu. Do you say, well, a preparatory mitzvah is like the mitzvah. And therefore, since the ketoret is going to be burnt on the coals, so at the time of the coals, your machshavah is going to affect the ketoret. Oh no, maybe they're not. It's just a machshavah, it's got nothing to do with anything. Kibbalah says, Tiku. Now that she has an alternate interpretation, how to interpret this Gemara. That she says like this, maybe the case is talking, where again, at the time of the coals, you're having a kavanah, again, that the ketoret will be Hutzlazman. And I'll tell you that what uh, the she'ela is, does it affect the coals? Not the ketoret. Which is really, I'll tell you, the ketoret for sure the, 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 is no good. Which is, for sure at the time of the of the Gehali, uh, 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 it can affect the ketoret. Because it's really considered avodah, and yichshin mitzvah ki mitzvah, and therefore, if you had a bad idea on the ketoret uh, at the time of the gehalim, uh, ketoret is not good. But our question is not on the ketoret. Our question is on the gehalim. Meaning maybe such a thought will necessitate you to get rid of those gehalim and get new coals. That's the she'ela. And then Gibran says, well, yichshin mitzvah ki mitzvah or not. Look at Rashi. Actually, look at Rashi. We'll say it much clearer. Look at Rashi. Dibura matchil. Tap tap Rashi. Kibetzvah dame. Ve'avileki ma'ashev ba'avoda. Okay. The first lashon is understanding that what that you're taking the coals, and at the time of the coals, you're thinking about the ketoret. So if you consider the coals an avoda, a service. So its bad thought is going to affect the ketoret. The lashon ahead, another explanation. Chishev b'tchiyat gehalim ma'ushiv silu gehalim b'machshavazu melaktiralim. That's the point. Which means the machshavara is it going to affect the gehalim themselves? The gehalim themselves. The first explanation is how does it affect the ketoret? The second explanation is how does the bad thought of the gehalim affect the gehalim themselves? Okay. The question really is: Do you consider hatiyat gehalim an avodah or not? If it's an avodah on its own, 
then bad machshava will affect the galim. But if you just say it's hechsher mitzvah, it's not an avodah on its own. Therefore, the coals cannot get affected by uh, by, by by these bad uh, machshavot. No, that's why I, that's why I read that she. On this side over here, we're not discussing the ketorah. If you say it's an avodah, the gehalim itself, the gehalim will become pasul. And then you got to get new gehalim. If you don't consider the gehalim an avodah and it's just a hechsher mitzvah, so therefore what you thought during the time of the gehalim will not affect the gehalim. Well, the ketorah is not going to be impacted according to that side. Right. According to the first explanation, it's impacting the ketorah to sha'at gehalim. According to the second explanation, no, we're discussing the gehalim themselves. If it's an avodah, you got to get rid of the gehalim. If it's an avodah, you don't got to get rid of the gehalim. So again, let's just review the two sides of Rashi. The first side of Rashi is, do you consider the hatiyat uh, gehalim part of the ketorah process? A machshirim mitzvah of the ketoret, and therefore it's like the ketoret. Therefore, machshaba of pigul in the hatiyat gehalim will make the ketoret pasul. Or not? Second side was, no. We're looking at the gehalim himself. Do we consider gehalim a separate avodah on its own? And if it's a separate avodah on its own, pigul will affect the gehalim, you have to renew the gehalim. Or do you say, no, it's not a mitzvah on its own, it's uh, uh, just a preparatory to the uh, ketoret, and therefore it's not going to affect the gehalim if you have a bad machshava. So asks the, uh, said, I guess the agudat is of, asks a question over here. His question is, what are we talking about? In the first explanation of Rashi, we're saying that the Mahshavarav Pigul during the Hatiyat Gahalim will affect the Ketoret. What Ketoret? In the Seder Avodah, at the time of Hatiyat Gahalim, there is no Ketoret yet. The Hafinata Ketoret doesn't come till afterwards. Now, it should not affect something that I didn't do yet. So, uh, with this, he says, you have to say, according to the first explanation of Rashi, that you did it out of order. You took the ketoret first, and after you took the ketoret, then you did the gehalim. Maybe that's why Rashi offers a second interpretation. Because according to the interpretation, we're talking about gehalim alone. We understand, we don't got to come out to the ketoret yet. The ketoret's not impacted, because it's only a subject of the gehalim itself. In any event, the Gemara leaves this question in a... Take as well. Next question. They interrupt Rav Papa's questions with a question from Rav Sheshat. Now we know one of the services in the Beit HaMikdash is Holacha. Meaning you got to bring the blood to the Mizbeah, or you have to bring the limbs to the Mizbeah. That's called Holacha. So the She'erah here is, if you did the Holacha Bismol, what's the deen? Meaning if the coin carried the limbs or he carried the blood in his left hand. What should be wrong with his left hand? So we're going to see that really all avodot are supposed to be done with the right hand. That means the sprinkling of the blood has to be done with the right hand. Uh, when the Kohen puts it on the Mizbeach, Haktara has got to be done uh, with the right hand. Kabbalat Adam, the receiving of the blood with the right hand. So... What's the question? If all the other services have to be done with the right hand, why is the Gemara singling out Olacha? Bringing it to the Mizbah is one of the four services of uh, Avodat. So the Rashi is going to explain to us, I'll say it outside and we'll read it inside. Olacha is not written explicitly in the Torah. Whereas the other services are written explicitly. Where do we learn Olacha from? The Pasuk says, um, 
והקריבו בני אהרון את הדם. What does Vehikribu teach us? Vehikribu literally teaches us the Mizvav Kabbalat Adam. You can't bring the blood close to the Mizbeah unless you catch it first. So Vehikribu is telling me the service of Kabbalat Adam. However, the Achamim learned from this another service as well. Vehikribu is not only Kabbalat Adam, but it's also teaching us Olacha. But it's not explicit. We're learning it from Kabbalah. Okay? Now, we have a rule. Anytime it says by a service word Kohen, we learn that it has to be done with his right hand. That's a derash to get what I'm Kohen, got to be done with the right hand. Now, by Kabbalah, v'ikribu b'nei Aaron. It says the word Kohen, but that's by Kabbalah. So we want to know, you're learning Holacha from Kabbalah, does, do you learn also the Kohen aspect that's got to be with the right hand? The stuff that's written explicitly in Sheilah, when it says Kohen, it's right hand. Here you're learning a, a service that's not written from a service that is written. So how far do you go? Do you go, it's exactly like Kabbalah, just like Kabbalah's got to be with the right hand, so this has got to be with the right hand, or do you say, no, maybe you just learned that there's an avodah called holacha, meaning bringing it to the Mizmah, but it can be even done with the left. Let's read that she now inside. Holacha v'smol ma'u. Holacha tadam mev'ele. There's questions by holacha. Kabbalah v'zirika, by the Kabbalah tadam and the zirika, dikhti bi'ukehunar, it says the word kohen by the... Anytime it either says the word etzba, meaning the, the, the finger of the coin with sprinkling, sprinkling, or kehuna, ena ela yamin. We know that. Aval holacha loketi behedja. Holacha is not written explicitly. We only know it because when the Torah teaches us Kabbalah, it used the word vehikribu. And vehikribu could also mean he. Brought it close to the Mizbayah. So we learn Holacha from Kabbalah. The Tanya Vekrim Uzu Kabbalat Adam. Nafkala Masrud Aliyah. Shia Mudaw Miu Semol Ikalamad Velo Pasil. Dalo Katab Keuna Behedya. I could argue and say, since I don't have a Pasuk explicitly for Holacha, therefore it doesn't say Keuna explicitly for it. Maybe Semol is okay. So the Kabbalah says, I'll prove it to you. Now, Amalu Rav Sheshat, Tanituha. Rav Sheshat said, we have a Vefirush Mishnah. Natal Tamahtabi Mino. V'takaf v'smolo. Our case of the ketoret of Yom Kippur. He holds the coals in his right hand, and he holds the ketoret in his left hand. So you see, he's walking the ketoret into the Kodesh Kodashim in his left hand. So you see what holacha is kasher v'smol. Now, that's just not saying a big hadush, because if you wanted to, you could argue on this proof. You could say, like we've been always saying, that's no proof over there. Number one... The holachab is small is only because of external reasons. Because either it's too heavy, the coals, therefore we give it in his right hand, or like we learned, the coals are hot. Which means maybe I could argue, normally you got to do it in your right hand. Here is a special case why we let you do it in your left. But still, Rav Shishat says no. He, he disregards those differences, and he still says the proof is from where the... Ketoret uh, that they bring on Kippur into the Kodesh Kodashim So again, Rav Sheshar obviously had no problem With this Hiluk 
of that you could say the ketoret of Yom Kippur. The only reason why they let him do it in his left hand because there's no options for him to do it because we want him to do it in his hold the coals in his right hand because it's heavy and it's hot, etc. So the tosafot on the bottom dibura matril holachad besmol mahu answers this question and he says to explain nafsheshat. He says like this. The Torah demands the Quran to bring it in simultaneously. That's a Torah law. You cannot bring it in at two separate shots. Meaning you got to bring the coals and the ketorah at one shot. So the Torah knew that it's going to end up having to happen that he's going to have to carry the ketorah in his left hand. And the Torah allowed it. If left was no good, the Torah would not demand to bring it in in one shot. So from the fact that the Torah demands it to bring it in one shot, that means the Torah implicitly is telling you left hand is okay. So that's just not saying finish. So the Torah is saying it's okay. Don't tell me because it's an exception, not except the Torah sanctioned it. Once the Torah sanctions it, because it had a way out. You could have told me bring the coals in with your right hand, go back out, bring the ketorah with, 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 with your hands, with your right hand. So therefore the fact that it says that the Torah allows you to do it in one shot, or tells you to do it in one shot, that's sanctioning left. That's not your shot. So it comes again and says, What do you mean? You could have brought it from a different proof as well. We have a Mishnah that says, Regarding the Tamid, so we learned that they would bring the Tamid in parts, up the Kevish, up the ramp of the Mizbaya. So it says they would take the Regel Shel Yamin, that's the hind right leg, Bismol. The Quran would carry it in his left hand. He would actually carry the head in his right hand, which is Hashuv, and the leg in his left hand, bringing it up to the Mizbaya. Ubet Ora Lahuts. The place of the skinning is facing outwardly, meaning when you cut the leg, the place of the cut is facing the Kohen. Because it would not be proper for the face of the cut to be facing outwardly. So the place of the cut faces the Kohen. And where the skinning was done is facing outwardly. That's what it's bet ora lachutz. That's just telling you the position that he carries it. But Baraman the Gemara is saying, why, why can't you bring it from this proof? Baraman, we're letting him carry the leg in the left hand. That's holacha. That's a service. So the Gemara says, I can tell you, no proof. Because bringing of the leg is not an item that brings kapara. Which part of the animal brings kapara? The sprinkling of the blood? And by ketoret would be the, the ketoret itself as a mechaper. However, bringing the leg up to the mizbeah, of course it's a mitzvah, but it's not a kapara item. So I can argue and say, on non kapara items, left hand works. Aval holachat kapara lo. But I would think that maybe Olacha that brings the Kapara, maybe you got to do it in your right hand. That's why I brought me the proof of Ketoret, because Ketoret is bringing it, is going to eventually bring me to Kapara when you bring it in the Kodesh Kodashim. And still it's telling you can do it in your left hand. Kamash Mahlan, that what? That even a Kapara item can be done in the left. So the leg is not a good proof. Because leg is not kapara, which means, let's say you brought the korban and you didn't end up even burning the animal on the mizbeah. I'm bringing it up to mizbeah. You got kapara. Once the kohen sprinkles the blood, it's over. Oh, the chazam it's not mechaper. the ketoret, when you bring it in there, that, that's the kapara. So therefore, the ketoret proof is a better proof. Baruch Adonai